This is Brian Mayer, host of Hot Sauce Weekly, and you are listening to BCRN, all barbecue and grilling all the time. Do it live. Okay. Well, do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here. On your Tuesday evenings, live fire fun and frivolity show. If tonight is the night where you think you are dropping in to contribute, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at the BBQ Central Follow us on all the social media channels at BBQ Central Show. And be sure to subscribe to the show podcast feed on your favorite podcast platform. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you get the newsletter coming up in about 12 minutes from now. It is the first Tuesday of a month and where we would typically find our boy Malcolm Reed coming in for his monthly segment. He is a deer camp. But you know who's not a deer camp? Or maybe a deer camp but decided to run all the way back to How to Barbecue Right HQ and fill in. Our pal Mark Williams from Swine Life Barbecue. So tonight, Mark and I will talk about some turkey. We'll talk about some gift ideas because we are weeks away from the holiday. We'll talk about best types of cookers, a whole bunch of stuff. Mark very well versed in a number of things from a backyard scene but then also very accomplished competition cook as well. So we'll see at least what the first half of his competition schedule might look like as 2023 makes an appearance. So Mark Williams first up here in about 12 minutes. Then 35 past the hour, continuing on with our 2023 Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame interviews. And while last week I hoped to have pushed two additional ones out of the way, Last week's show, that didn't work. No, not going to get into that extensively, but I might touch on that. So Chris Lilly and Noah Glanville are getting pushed into this month. We're going to try and hammer those dates out and get those interviews done. However, somebody else that made it into the 2023, I'm sorry, 2022 Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame is the pitmaster of a team back in the day called Warren County Pork Choppers, John Solberg's. Hill to die on, the guy that he made the case for most passionately, Donnie Bray, returns to the show after, man, has it been five years or six years since the last time that he was on? But when Donnie was competing, few were as good as he was. Few put together the run that he did for a two-year span. In 2013, coming up just shy of Team of the Year and one of the most heated KCBS Team of the Year races we've ever seen. Harkens back to the 2009 when it was a three-way race between Rod Gray, Darren Worth, and Steve Farron. That would be Pellet Envy, Iowa's Smokey D, and I Smell Smoke coming down to the very last event in Arizona somewhere, I believe it was. Uh, Rod ended up winning that and winning Team of the Year that year in 2009, so... Uh, Donnie Bray very close in 2013, but said, you know what, I'm going to back that up and do it in 2014, and he did just that one team of the year. So he's very accomplished, and he has, as I say, conspicuously faded away from competition barbecue. So we'll see what he's been up to the last handful of years and if he's given any thought about dropping back into the competition scene after he's been off 
for so long. And that'll wrap the first hour. Then we'll move to the second hour because it is the first Tuesday of a month. And in that second hour, of course, we are talking with Sam the Cooking Guy. Sam's been very busy. We have a lot of food to talk about. We have a lot of holiday items to discuss in advance. Much like with Mark, Sam will be giving you some of his great gift ideas or at least the things that he's recommending to folks this year to buy and or to give their live fire and cooking loved ones. Make sure they're outfitted with the best wares here in 2022. And we'll talk about some of the other recent recipes that he's unveiled on his YouTube page. So if you're not following Sam over on YouTube, you want to head on over there and just search Sam the Cooking Guy and it'll come up. Just shy of 4 million YouTube subscribers at the moment. We may or may not touch on the fact that that ad has slowed a little bit. Uh, I don't know if there's been even uh, 100,000 more followers since the last month that we've had him on. So interesting to talk about the happenings of YouTube and if he's seen a trend or a stymie, if you will, in the amount of new subscribers that they were getting. Because remember, over the last handful of years, he's been getting roughly a million a year, maybe a little bit more than that. So Interesting to see what's happening there. So that's Sam, the cooking guy. And then rounding out the show coming out of the bullpen is none other than the health and wellness guru, the official health and wellness guru of this show, a live fire backyard passionado. He is the creator of Earl's Cookout on Instagram. And my pal David McDowell joins the show once again. We are coming towards the end of the year, but we're weeks away. And what have we told you now for about a year? David has sponsored the show for about a year now. Don't wait until the new year turns and make that BS resolution to yourself that this new year is going to be the year I change everything about my health and everything about this and everything about that. Let's start now so we have some weeks under our belt. We have that habit formed. It takes 21 days to form a habit. And we'll talk all about that tonight, the, the uh, program that he offers, the variations that he offers. So David McDowell from the Do Wellness program, davidleans.com slash BBQ, that website, as we tell you about each and every week. So that's what's happening here on the show this evening. Mark Williams, Donnie Bray, first hour, Sam, the cooking guy, and David McDowell in the second hour. Don't forget, you can follow me socially, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat at BBQ Central Show. We say good evening to those of you watching through our video streaming platforms this evening. You can watch us on Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. Also, you can take in the show via YouTube slash RD Rempe. We also say good evening to those of you using the audio streaming platform Clubhouse. So if you'd rather hear us and not see us, Clubhouse is the way to do that. Both YouTube and Clubhouse also have interactive chats with all the other folks that are in. So... Let's start here this evening, and I have to run it back now two weeks to the last new live show because I was out last week. So this is coming off the heels of Thanksgiving, and maybe you saw this on social media that Thursday, or, or maybe you were one of the many that were posting about it on the Traeger groups across social media where there were a large number of Traeger owners that were wondering why their cookers weren't connecting to the almighty cloud. Well, now we know why that is, because perhaps in one of the worst decisions in recent memory, as it relates to IT, Traeger decided to move their servers on Thanksgiving Day. Uh -oh. This eliminated the ability of thousands upon thousands of Traeger owners to connect to their Wi-Fi platform. Now, again, I'm not a tech guy, but I do understand what days of the year you might want to do this kind of thing. For instance, what about a random day in March? April might want a part of that as well. Anytime in April, a good time to do this. Thanksgiving Day, uh, Thanksgiving day is not... Andrew, you are not the <laughs> Thanksgiving Day is not... One of the best times. In fact, I could make an argument. It might be one of the worst times to do this and the Wi-Fi is the backstop for the folks who are worried about screwing up the turkey especially 
if this is the only turkey they're going to do all year, having something like Wi-Fi or technology shows them internal temperatures, gives them predictions, all that fun stuff. So generally speaking, from a IT sense, bad move on Traeger's part there. Listener feedback from Dennis in Colorado on the last live show. Greg, another nice show. Simply riveting competition between the Pepper Cannon and the Black Rain. It was great seeing the guys back in full force for the Embedded Correspondence segment. I think maybe if the McRib is to make a return, they should call it the Mac Rib. Put it on the Club Bun Triple Decker. And if you want to supersize it, you can get double the meat. That ought to be a heart attack on a plate, no doubt, Dennis. Daryl in Pennsylvania writing, Greg, $200 pepper grinder. Must be nice. Meanwhile, I will figure out a way to survive with my $10 pepper mill that works just fine. Hope you don't dent your BMW with the pepper cannon. Love the show. Regards, Daryl. Daryl, thank you very much. We have Mark Williams in the green room ready to go. And, as luck would have it, I just mentioned him, but we'll tell you a little bit more about the Do Wellness program that David McDowell, David Leans, gives you. The first of all, the website, davidleans.com. Did you know that people who set goals four to six weeks before the new year ends, or I'm sorry, before the year ends, are now three to ten times, yes, ten times more likely to achieve their fitness goals? Be honest, how long has losing a few pounds been on your to-do list or on your resolution list now? We listen to this show because we love barbecue and a lot of us make a habit of giving second, third, and fourth servings because it's delicious. But what effect has that and an activity level that's not what it used to be had on your health over the last handful of years? Look, take it from a stud like me. Having a dad bod isn't cool. There's nothing sexy about wearing your gluttony everywhere you go. Not to mention being overweight increases the risk of all causes of mortality. Luckily, Thanks to my friend and friend of show, backyard barbecue enthusiast, men's health and wellness coach David McDowell. You can eat barbecue all year round and still lose the fat. With David, you got assistance around the clock. He's just a text message, an iMessage, or WhatsApp message, or an email away. He's also available to FaceTime, Zoom, WhatsApp video chat, whenever you need to help, even on short notice. Now look, believe it or not, some coaches are charging upwards of 500 bucks a month for a canned diet plan, one to two check-ins per month. Are you kidding me? Partnering with David allows you access to a resource who's effectively available 24-7. So here's what you do. You don't spend 500 or $400 a month. No, 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 no. You finally lose all this stuff permanently by going to the website, davidleans.com slash bbq. That's davidleans.com slash bbq. And if you make the effort, if you put in the effort, and you don't succeed in losing the fat, fat, he will refund you 100% of your investment. No questions asked, so you have nothing to lose. DavidLeans.com slash BBQ. That's DavidLeans.com slash BBQ. And once again, David McDowell actually closes the show out tonight. We're back with Mark Williams right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. You visit cookandpellets.com for more information or to purchase. And I can say it now as we officially have it locked in, cookandpellets.com officially in as sponsor of the Barbecue Central Show for 2023. How about it? So like 15 years in a row now. Advertisers come on with this show and they stay on the show because they buy into the value it brings. If you have a product or service you want to get with it, I might have a spot open up here or there. Shoot me a note. Let me know you're interested. I'll tell you the exorbitant rates. You will pay them. You'll see success. That's just how it is. 
All right, joining me now is the person when Malcolm Reed isn't able to join us for his monthly segment. We love to tap and pick his brain about award-winning championship pit mastering. He's also got a very popular YouTube channel. He's also one of the very few I eat milk cows and like it guys out there today. So we race to the hotline and welcome back our friend Mark Williams. Hey Mark. How's it going, Greg? How is the I eat milk cows and like it business going? Man, I wish I could share that wealth because y'all are missing out. <laughs> it is delicious. I think I've been promised milk cow meat. And as we close out you 2022, have. I have zero milk cows to talk well, I'm, about. I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going up there the week after Christmas. So I will personally make sure I get some and figure out a way to get them in the mail to you. All right. So we'll be looking forward to that. A little bit of a odd Thanksgiving for me that we won't really get into, but what kind of a Thanksgiving happens at the Williams household this year? Uh, it's pretty low key. Um, I do we do run we do run a little thin because we have to go to my house or my parents' house and then turn around and go to my wife's parents' house, and they always set them up at the same time. Never fails, you know. They're one o'clock on Thursday, both of them. So how long have you been married? Uh, we eat. Oh, why'd you have to ask that? Oh no, more than five uh, years. Yes, uh, since 2014, I'll put it that way. Now, are you all living so, within know, an hour of each other, all the families and all that stuff? Yes. So Why doesn't everybody get together and logisticalize Thanksgiving where, you know, you can say, okay, this year, uh, you know, the Williams family is going to have an early Thanksgiving and your wife's family is going to have the late. You can flip-flop it every other year. That seems to be something that might make a lot of sense instead of putting you guys in a crazy position. I think if we all got together, have you ever seen that movie Christmas Vacation? I'm not talking about exactly all getting together. I'm saying <laughs> your family does it at noon and then her family does it at six. So you have gap time and you can go between one and the other, not putting everybody together. That obviously could lead to a madhouse. But uh, I mean, why Ooh, not uh, just set two different times? You're doing it now. Are you So now are you just picking or you're still going in between? We try to. So we try to arrive at one family early. And then cut out right after we eat, and then try to act like we're still hungry and go eat at the other family. Wow. So it's a uh, this many really years into it, you're run. lying. This many years into it, the families. Yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, but I think no, I'm going to be a therapist. I'm going to insert myself into your family dynamic. I'm going to pull everybody together and say, "Hey, let's work out this Thanksgiving thing. You guys this year will do it early. Everybody can enjoy their time, and then you're going to leave. Then you're going to go to the next family." Nobody's lying to anybody. Everybody feels good about everything, and then you can flip-flop it the next year. It's going to be great, and then I can bill you for it. It, do, it does work out, though, because then we can get it done, and we can go to deer camp, and we can watch football. So it works out pretty good. Uh, Mark, for those that might be doing turkey back-to-back, -back, and there's some of those that will do it, maybe it's the only two turkeys they actually remember to cook during the course of the year, so Thanksgiving, obviously, but some people will back it up with a turkey for Christmas. What's your favorite way to make them? I do skinless turkey. Um, so I actually either do a whole turkey or a whole bone-in breast and pull the skin off and treat it just like ribs. Uh, get a barbecue rub on it, and then after it gets, you know, an hour, hour and a half in the cook, wrap it with butter and honey and everything else just like you would ribs. And it's it'll it'll change your mind on turkey because it no longer it, – it's just it's just good. It's good. It gets a bark on it. And if I'm not doing that, I'm doing those whole – the the whole boneless turkey breast from Kevin that are off those 90-pound turkeys he has. <laughs> yeah, I did a pair of those uh, for Thanksgiving this year, and I always forget. I got I have to buy those more during the course of the year. Uh, they're majestic, number one, as you had mentioned. But, man, they cook so good. And you know what I didn't do? I didn't do jack shit this year. I didn't brine. I didn't inject. No. I ripped the skin off of them. I put uh, a nice rub on it, put it in the oven, put my fireboard in there so I got a nice little predictive uh, thing to tell me when this thing was going to be done or at least a snapshot of when it was going to be done. And it was so juicy. I took it out of 155. It carried up to just shy of 165. They, it was The kids were raving about it. It was juicy. There were some friends over, and they're like, well, our turkey never looks like this. It's wet in the middle. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this is what it looks like when you do it right. But those are some of the That's best. That's how it's supposed uh, to be. Those are some of the best turkey breast boneless turkey breast the boot i mean if you haven't tried those you're missing out right 
And see, I love them because we'll take them and get done. And we, I'll, like you, we'll usually cook two, if not four. And we'll always have leftovers because they're huge. And we'll get them in the fridge, get them chilled. And then we have a little, like a commercial meat slicer that's not really mm. commercial. We use it at hunting camp a lot. But we'll sh- you just shave it paper thin, just like deli turkey. And it is, it's delicious for days on end. What are you hoping to get this holiday season? We're almost there. What are you asking for? I'm pretty hard to Christmas shop for. Um, I'm one of the one of the guys or one of the people that when I see something I want, I just go get it. Um, I don't, I don't. The whole if I see it in October, my wife's like, "Wait till Christmas." Well, I don't want to wait two and three months. Like I want it now, you know. But I have been eyeballing. I've recently got me a uh, Brio fire pit and some of the cooking attachments for it, you know. So that's on my list. And of course, you never can have you know too many cooking gadgets. You know, I need a new thermal pen, so that's on the list and. Stuff like that. But other than that, I mean, I'm, I try to just get my Christmas shopping done year round for myself. And, you know, anybody wants to throw me some underwear and socks at Christmas, we'll take it. So you have the YouTube channel. You're also working over at the uh, How to Barbecue Right Compound. So I would imagine you're approached frequently about, oh, my husband, my wife's into barbecue and grilling, and I want to give them a special gift here. So what are you recommending as gifts for people to purchase? If you're going to buy a grill or anything like that, I highly recommend a pellet grill. If it's going to be something like that, because that's something the whole family can use. If they've already got a pellet grill, you always need a good thermometer. And I think that's one of the things that most people that are backyard cooks that aren't around it as much as some of us are, they always forget about a good thermometer. They'll get one at Walmart. And I mean, it's hit or miss what you're getting there. So, I mean, a good instant read thermometer is a game changer. Um, no longer you're not eating dry turkey anymore at Thanksgiving to Christmas. You're actually eating really good moist turkey, so it does make a huge difference. You touched on barbecue pits or pellet cookers here. If you don't mind, let's run the gamut of barbecue pits here in case people are on the lookout or on the purchase during this holiday season. All your opinion, of course. That's why we're asking. Best beginner barbecue pit. Pellet grill, hands down. <laughs> Take the guesswork out of it, allow them to learn the recipe, and then it, you know move on from there. But you know, start. I, I use my pellet grill every week, so I mean it's it's not a slouch, and you know it it don't let you it keeps you from getting discouraged when it comes when you're starting to cook, starting mm-hmm. to smoke grills and stuff. You don't worry about the pit; you just cook the recipe. What about a best intermediate pit? If you if you get a pellet cooker, you're ready to graduate out of that. What's the next step? I would lean towards some type of drum style smoker or maybe even a Weber kettle, you know, something you start learning fire management, but it's still pretty easy to maintain. Um, You can always cheat and get you a guru or fan control and kind of start out that way. But the options are endless when it comes to these kettles and these drums. What about the best expert pit? If money's no object and Mark Williams is going to go out and buy something totally loaded out, what do you get? I'm getting an outlaw offset stick burner. No doubt. Um, you learn the fire management, then once you realize, I, I would say, in my opinion, fire management on a lot of these smaller pits is harder than what it is on some of these bigger offset pits. And once you get that fine-tuned offset pits, it's nothing to it. It's as easy as a pellet grill now. When you talk about pellet cookers, what do you suggest? Which one do you like best? So, I'm a gorilla guy. Uh, I've cooked on them for probably about seven years. Yeah. Um, it's one of these pits that it's not going to break the bank, but it's still a nice pit. And I've I've had one. I've had the same one since day one, and I just now retired it, and it's held up great. Um, it's one of the things like a pellet grill, and you've seen it. You can spend two hundred dollars, or you can spend twenty thousand dollars. Like it's it's just like an offset pit. As much as you want to spend on it, you can. But I do think there's a happy medium. You know, you get good quality anywhere from that seven hundred to twelve hundred dollar range, and Gorilla falls right in the middle of it, and it's been good to us. What model Gorilla do you have, or one that you just retired? I have a Silverback, okay. and then I also have the little small tailgater, like Chimp model that legs fold up. It's real travel friendly, and I love them both. the The Chimp is the one that when somebody comes and asks me, "Hey, I kind of want a pellet grill, but I don't know if I do," I just give them the Chimp. Here, take it. And honestly, I have not seen that pit in about two years. It's just been going from home to home to home, getting them hooked. So it's like the gateway drug for pellet grills. 
So I had mentioned in the open that you are a fairly prolific competition pit master as well. You've done a lot of winning here over the last handful of years. As you look into 2023 from a competition schedule, do you have even the first half of the year planned out or are you not even there yet? We have a good bit of it planned. Um, I, I'll, I'll break the news since Malcolm's not here, but I always cook with Malcolm at Memphis and May. And so I'm pretty sure all the, the applications won out, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. And we are paid up and we are hopefully in. I guess we'll hear back. But we have a riverfront spot booked and we are cooking hog this year. So it's time to get some hog practice in. So we're going to do a couple of hog NBN contests and then of course, I'm going to get in there and do some KSPS cooking first part of the year. I'm going to try to have about five under my belt by you know by May. We're not going to hit it hard, but we're going to go to the ones we enjoy cooking. I don't know if you have the ins and outs of all this, but it was a number of months ago. There was a lot of shots fired between the parks recreation folks and the international festival there for Memphis and May, the, the political folks. You know, Tom Lee Park is costing this much to renovate, and the non-refundable deposits are going to be eight thousand uh, dollars for teams and vendors and all that. I had emailed uh, the Parks Department. I did, I did get a reply back to them that I read on the show. I had also reached out to Memphis and May a number of times, made contact with somebody who never, aside from a very crappy reply back to me that said nothing, um, but also said stay tuned. I'm still yeah. continuing to stay tuned months later. What happened with that? Did the deposit get rifled back down to normal, or or where is that sitting? I haven't got just the full-on details. I do know that I think the deposit is backed off a lot. Um, I don't know for sure, but I think it was between the four and $800 range, somewhere around in there. It wasn't astronomical like I think we were told at the beginning, um, but... I do know that, which it may have always been this way, so don't you know? correct me if I'm wrong, but I think once you sign up, send your application, application in, there's no refund if you back out. Um, so I may be a little incorrect on that, but I know Malcolm's got the details, but I know as soon as that email was sent, we filled it out to around send our application right back in because I'm pretty certain they're cutting the team numbers way back this year. So yeah. we wanted to get on the books as soon as we can, and it's it's right in our backyard. I know it's going to cost more, and you know it's it's an expensive contest, and you know, it's it's too close to home not to be up there on the riverbanks, you know, swinging for the fences. What do you think the chances of winning this year are? Ooh, well, cooking hog, we don't have near as many teams, so the chances are definitely better. Uh, but you never know. I mean, it's we've we've had years where we turned in shoulders or ribs that we didn't think were that great, and you know, get a top, you know, ten finish. And we've had years that we thought we hit every mark we possibly hit and get mid-pack. You know, it's it's such a crapshoot, and there's so much that goes into that, especially with your blind box and your on-site. Um, we're always very, very strong on on-site because, I mean, Malcolm can sell ice to Eskimo, so he, he does a great job on-site. But the blind box is, you know, that's what gets you there. And we, we struggle. I mean, I'd not say struggle, but the blind box is the hardest part of the contest. Because you have to literally sell that meat to them without even speaking to them, you know, and it has to stand on its own. And that's some of these cooks out there that repeat finals. And I mean, you look at, I mean, the Blues Hall guys getting based on all them. I mean, that is what they did is outstanding. I mean, that's awesome. So it's it's definitely one of the contests that you kind of got to have the drive and want, but also you got to have a little luck too, you know. Mark Williams joining us here on the show, pitmaster of Swine Life Barbecue. The website swinelifebbq.com. He's got some rubs there for sale as well if you're interested in checking that out. So as the year starts to draw to a close, Mark, what were some of your favorite trends of 2022 or ones that maybe they weren't your favorite, but they just stuck in your brain as being stupid or ridiculous? <laughs> well, one of the trends that I can't stand is the whole brisket and tallow thing. Like that, that kills me. You don't like putting like, tallow like, on your brisket? You don't do that? No, I mean, it's just, I mean, we've done it with prime rib just to see. And I mean, don't get me wrong, tallow's great. But, you know, you watch some of the social media platforms and like the same guys telling you put, you know, tallow on your brisket will tell you that a fat side up doesn't cook better than a fat side down. And you're literally doing the same thing. You know, you're contradicting yourself right there. But what I will say with all this is since, I guess, 2020, and these platforms, TikTok, all these platforms, I love seeing 
all these people out there cooking. And it's only like, to me, that is awesome because the whole TikTok platform, I thought it was kind of dumb at first, but once I got into it and, you know, really start paying attention, it gives so many people opportunity to get out there and show their recipes that's, that aren't going to spend the time on YouTube or some of these bigger platforms. And I love that. That's amazing. So somebody that's trying to stay ahead of the curve, continue to pump out new content, do you see or do you want to make any predictions here as you make your last appearance here on the show for 2022 as a trendsetter or something that you think is really going to be taking off in 2023 we want to keep an eye on? I'm not the best with trends. Um, I would say, honestly, I think it's just going to keep growing. I think the food side of things on social media, we're only at the tip of the iceberg of it. I think it's going to continue to grow. And I think you're going to see more and more of these people that are very talented that really kind of have been in the dark. And you're going to start seeing some very talented cooks come out of the woodwork. Here's mine. I believe that 2023, it's happening now, but there's no momentum of anything to really speak of, but I think 2023 is going to be full-sized electric grills becoming a real thing next year. You buy into that? I do. Um, I could, I could easily see that being a thing, you know, it's just like the pellet grills. Um, they've blown up and it's just an easier method for people to get out and cook. And I don't see that ever being an issue Yeah, It might not be the cup of tea for the, you know, the pro guy that's cooking on offsets every week, but you know, the more options you know consumers have, the more likely they are going to get out and enjoy and cook for their families. I'd mentioned that you are a budding YouTube sensation uh, towards five thousand or fifty thousand subscribers uh, towards last check. What are you planning next year in twenty twenty three? Is it going to be a ridiculous amount of content generation, or do you have to be selective because of all the other stuff you have going on? I have to juggle my schedule pretty, pretty tight. Um, it's one of them things I do so much during the week with barbecue that it doesn't leave much time for me personally. So my goal next year is probably going to be around, you know, averaging one big video a month, you know, quality over quantity and, you know, probably do a couple of short forms like everybody else. Cause I mean, I've just recently started doing some of their YouTube shorts and soon as that first short hit, it was like, you've seen automatic, you know, your analytics started going up and, I definitely think the whole platform on YouTube is going to change next year and you're going to see more of the short form content. And I think it's going to be better for the whole platform. Mark Williams is the pit master of swine life barbecue. The website once again is swinelifebbq.com. Make sure you go over to the YouTube and subscribe to him. If you don't already, Mark really appreciate you joining here this evening. Have a great holiday and we will see you again in the next year. You too, Greg, man. Merry Christmas. All right, there he is, Mark Williams right there. Again, his website, swinelifebbq.com. So if you're looking to try some new rubs, great rubs. Malcolm, big fan of those as well. Uses them on his videos. So, you know, if Malcolm's using them, they got to be good. And, of course, Mark's using them not only in the backyard but in competitions. So Mark having another great segment right there. We're all big fans of Mark Williams when he stops by. What do we love about ceramic cookers before we jump in with Donnie Bray? We love that they're fuel efficient. We love that you can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. We love that you can get rip-roaring hot for high-temperature grilling of steaks and other thin cuts. But what's missing in the everyday ceramic cooker lineup? The real ability to do true two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking, very important to both professional and backyards alike. It's the best way to manage a fire, best way to cook with confidence. However... Getting a two-zone fire and a round ceramic cooker, not very realistic. Why? Because it's round. Enter Primo Grill and the game-changing oval design. The shape gives you the ability to execute the two-zone setup that you desire. It also gives you the ability to take all of those other ceramic grill benefits as well and enjoy them. Really, when you break it down, there's more than 60 different ways to configure the Primo Cooker, so you're only limited by your culinary imagination. We all know... The new lift hinges here. The revamped dampers on the top and bottom are here. The Primo Grill rotisserie that everybody's loving right now. Also, if you love high heat pizza cooking, the Primo Grill pizza accessory is ready for you to get all available at your dealer, which is where these ceramic grills are retailed at, only through dealers. So find your nearest Primo dealer. Check them out in person. See all the different size ovals that they have and then pick the one that's best for you. Here's the bottom line. 
best ceramics in the biz. Yes, patented technology, true two-zone cooking capabilities, multiple sizes, and yes, if you just have to have a round one, they have those as well. But really, consider the oval for Pete's sake. Oval is the way to go. Primogrill.com for dealers near you or check them out on Facebook and Instagram. I'm ready for a Primo. You're ready for a Primo. Ask for one this holiday season. It's going to be great. Primogrill.com. That's Primogrill.com. We're back with Donnie Bray from Warren County Pork Choppers. Right after this, stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. We thank Mark Williams for joining us last segment. This portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring. Connect via Bluetooth as well. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck. Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. And don't forget about the Fireboard Spark, an instant read meat thermometer and one channel Fireboard operator as well. They too are in for next year. Ted Conrad and the gang sponsoring the show once more. Hey, my next guest was one of the most dominant pitmasters and teams on the KCBS circuit for a handful of years to include team of the year title in 2014, runner up. Team of the Year title in 2013. In 2022, he added Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Famer to the list of accomplishments that are wide and sweeping. Here to talk about the big honor and to play a little catch-up since our last visit is none other than the pitmaster of the Warren County Pork Choppers competition team, Donnie Bray, joining me here on the show. Hey, Donnie. Hey, how's it going? I am absolutely fabulous, Donnie. Appreciate the fact that you are taking time out here this evening so we can get caught up. But before we do that, how shocked is a Donnie Bray to hear from me again? And how much has your life changed learning that you have made it into the Barbecue Central Show's guest hall of fame? Well, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's about top of the line for me. I mean, you know, an old has-been like me, and then you dig me up and fire me up again. I love it, man. Donnie, when I started running back through the archives of us and you as the team, I quickly realized that this was longer than just a few years ago. In fact, we're approaching the 10th year anniversary of your KCBS Team of the Year title, if you can believe it. So for the folks who don't go back that far or never got into the competition scene, can you give us a little background of how you were introduced to competitive barbecue and when you got started? Man, I guess, uh, you know, I actually started out and done my first contest was with uh, the Memphis Barbecue Network. I uh, started in barbecue. Actually, I bought a smoker from my great uncle, um, $500, and I actually done a maybe one or two TV shows with it, but an old homemade offset stick cooker that my cousin Steve built and I bought it on time. And I don't know, it may have took me 10 years to pay for it, but $500, he may, I I hope I got it paid for before my great uncle passed away. It was one of those, but anyway, just a, you know, a love of passion. And then I started, I thought I might try competition barbecue and I don't even remember what year that was, but you know, uh, the, the Memphis barbecue network or what it was maybe called back then was a little wilder than maybe my family was ready for. Mm. Uh, so the wife just said, no, we're not gonna, I don't, I don't think we need to do this. You know, um, this is just not quite us. So, uh, and they have a good time. Don't let me cut them, you know, but, uh, then, then I talked her into doing another contest in the early 2000s that were, uh, uh, and it was a KCBS. And man, we fell in love with it. Mm. You know, our, our first competition was in 1989 and trying to remember years now. But, uh, and, and, you know, then that was just a not, 
you know, it's an often known thing, but we, we got introduced to the KCBS and, and, um, Steve, uh, Creech was a guy, you know, he came over and I was cooking and they actually thought I was NBN cause I had me some, uh, had me some fence around my trailer and, you know, I was set up like I was at Memphis in May. So and they, they sort of heckled me a little bit, you know, and I never forget the lady that was a uh, rep you know, she said, well, look, they're not even smart enough to come to the wards. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, to, not the wards, to the, uh, uh, the, the cook's meeting. And I was sitting right behind her. So I tapped her on her shoulder and I said, I'm here, you know, you can quit beating on me, <laughs> but we had a good experience and, uh, you know, we didn't do too good. Steve come over and I said, let me show you my, one of my meat. And I had, uh, I had a, a cooker loaded up with, uh, chicken breast. If that tells you anything, he goes, Oh, that looks nice. You don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I knew how to cook, but I, I didn't know uh, chicken, obviously, where I would been dabbling a little bit over there was not in the, not in the criteria. So, but man, I tell you, it didn't take just a little bit and, and we was hooked. The wife was sort of didn't like it that I'd shanghaied her to go to what she didn't know was going to be a competition uh, cook, but we had a really good time after the rep hammered on us a little bit and uh got i mean we met friends immediately and right after that it was it was on you know it's like i just got to figure out now what what these people are looking for so how how quickly uh, does it take you to dial in from when you go to a kcbs contest you know you like the atmosphere you're a competitive guy obviously but how long does it take you from that point to really start dialing it in to see the success you know it was probably um four years, maybe something like that. Um, and then I went, uh, I, we did well enough that, you know, there was a reason to go to the awards banquet out in Kansas city. And, oh my God, again, another experience that I'll never forget. And I left there going, man, I'm going to do good. I'm coming back to this, you know, the bartering for the, where they was giving away, um, uh, entry fees, how you buy, coupons and you know this is the game it was like man this is the most awesome thing i'd ever done and and that really fueled me to say i'm coming back and then i guess in about 2012 we come back and we had some numbers uh and you know it was it was a pretty good journey but you know really pretty fast also you know to to make it uh you know to the top that we did ringing a bell in 13 and 14 but uh 2012 is probably really, really where it started happening pretty big. But prior to that, uh, I think the people, the friendship, the camaraderie, um, all of that just drove me. And then I'm a competitive person. And, you know, it's just, are you willing to put that much in it? You know, and I just devoted everything except what it takes to you know, make a paycheck each week. So, you get really good in 2012. In 2013, as I had mentioned in the open, your KCBS Team of the Year runner-up to Tim Grant and Boyd out there, True Bud Barbecue, legendary uh, battle all the way to the end. Uh, 2014, you come back, you win KCBS Team of the Year. 2015, you finish 18th overall, and then 2016, 41st, and 2017, 104th, and 2018, you're not even in the top 500. So, it seems to have quickly tailed within, you know, three years of you guys winning it overall. Is it one of those things where, as I talk to other team of the year winners, they just seem to have been burnt out or there's no real drive to want to do it again and again after they did it once? What was your mindset of how you tailed out of barbecue or, or was that done by design? You know, I think in 15, uh, it was a you know, maybe you've lost that eye of the tiger. Um, I, I feel that, you know, the only way to be competitive is to do it every week. It, it, you know, it's, you're trying to, uh, you're trying to get people to opinions to agree with one another. And I need last week to tell me what to do this week. So in 15, you know, I was losing that. I was burnt out. I was losing it. And then you just, all of a sudden you're in a free fall, you know, and it's like, well, I just don't know that I can go out there every week and do this again. And at the, at the same time, I was getting lined up for what has been 
my best years of business. I'm an electrical contractor. So it was like I had time to, to do that in 13, 14, and up through till that. 15 was like I lost the eye of the tiger. After that, it was, uh, you know, uh, I, I needed to work. And, and I know right now, the only way when you go into competition, how much are you willing to put in to beat that man or woman beside you? And, and you're not going to go say, well, I worked real hard Wednesday and got my meat trimmed and I'm going to go whoop somebody. No, you're not going to do that. I think you need last week to win this week. And I think that you could take that off and on all the way through and you set out a couple of weeks and you lose a, a little bit of edge. You know, you can still cook. Don't get me wrong. But you got to remember, what did you do that was pleasurable enough for them? You know, you could in three weeks, you could say, well, I'm, I'm going to I did something weird just a. I don't know, a couple of years ago, I went and boy, I had a con, hadn't cooked very much, had a contest one. And for some reason I was injecting my brisket, flipped it over and injected the other side. I never do that. Well, it was so salty. You couldn't eat it. I ruined a $250 brisket <laughs> and would consider myself, uh, you know, a really good brisket cook, but I made a mistake. You know, I choked and, and I did something and you'd think something as easy as cooking. You would think easy. You, you wouldn't make silly mistakes. So I'm going to say silly mistakes burn out. And, you know, I just I've, I've had a good run with business here lately. So outside of business, has there been any other new hobbies or passions that you've taken up that have also been able to help fill that barbecue void? Oh, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I love building cars. Uh, prior to barbecue, and the way that this come about, I raced in the early 90s and before social media, uh, I drag raced with uh, the publishing companies. Peterson Publishing, which was Hot Rod Magazine, Popular Hot Rodding, um, and the list goes on and on. Before we had this wonderful laptop where we could talk, and they put on a thing called the fastest street cars in America. Well, I got into that. I'd always been into cars, and this was the early 90s, and I chased that and won the championship about the same time frames of, of the barbecue, and about, we you know, we was coming back from a race, and uh, my wife said, hey, I don't want to travel anymore. So <clears throat> we put that aside and you know i cook barbecue every weekend no matter what and then all of a sudden we got into the, the competition and we rode it as hard as we could and and i think the competition level i'd tell some of my racing buddies you know that you know you turn loose a 1500 horsepower car and you know got to control it for seven or eight seconds you know i've told them that i felt that much that my legs would get just as weak turned in a chicken turn in, you know, it's, I got the same adrenaline from the barbecue and, and, um, uh, neither one of them is out of my system at all. I was going to say, do you follow where competition barbecue is currently or once you're out of it, are you not really following it that much? Uh, I follow the, my, the people that I keep up with, uh, not so much, you know, as the point system. But, yeah, I, I keep in as much as I can. Do you think you could step right back into it and still be as successful <laughs> as you had to? Uh, or has too much changed from when you left it to really be able to just step back in and be a house of fire again? You know, I, I don't. I think I'd be contradicting what I just said if I said I could step right in and just go to taking names. <clears throat> I think a few contests in, I know that what I've dabbled with it uh, lately, I've had success with calls, but to be consistent, I think that would just take some, that would take some time. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yep. Um, one of the things that, uh, that, that I'm going to do and, and I'm signed up to do and not necessarily for that reason to see if anything's changed, but um, I cook with the uh, Hickory's. And, um, I do have Jambo and, and I've had a Jambo for quite some time. I only cooked one contest. I went down to Florida and cooked, uh, I think Lakeland with it several years ago, but I'm going to go to a class myself. I'm going to go to Travis's class because I'm good friends with him and love hanging out with him. And that's in February. And, 
maybe get more tuned up on the jambo. I, I, I love my old hickory and probably would cook with that, but I wanted to get back involved so much. I thought to answer your question, maybe, maybe there is something that's out there that, that I've need to pick up on faster. Um, I, I, I really think that so much of the, of the flavor profiles I've got, I got to sit in on, uh, um, <clears throat> in the judging can, the king of the smokers, I, I participated a couple years. And then after I got out in 2015 or not really got out, but was not competing enough to stay in the ranks to be worthy of cooking king of the smoker. Uh, I, I got to, to sit in a tent and do a little tasting. And I did that for one. I was not a judge. I am a certified judge. But I just wanted to see the flavor profiles, and it happened to be that, you know, they wouldn't let us get in certain places. They wouldn't let us do this. And it was, I feel that it was done in a very tasteful manner. Um, you know, I could only taste if there was leftovers to taste. But what I, what I did taste, and nothing blew me away. Um, all good food, no doubt. But it's the same thing that, that I feel like that I'm, one team of the year off of and that's putting a pleasant profile out there that has nothing really distinctive that somebody could knock you know you could you could put you know whatever you know jelly on it and somebody might not like jelly you know you got it has to be middle of the road but cooked perfectly and that's what i've seen i've seen all of those highly educated people in in our cooking world put out the product that I felt like I won team of the year with. So I don't, I don't know. There's going to be different flavor profiles, but <clears throat> you know, I don't know if the world really truly ever gets uh burnout on blues hog or not. Uh, Tim, I had mentioned, or Tim, uh, Donnie, I had mentioned a little earlier that 2013 was a prolific competition year and hotly contested all the way down to the end. We get new listeners all the time. As I said, there's probably some folks that maybe have listened for a couple of years. Maybe they're not that much into the competition scene, but this was one of the ones that I would compare to a 2009 uh, Darren Worth, Rod Gray, Steve Farron type run where it came down to the end. You were part of it. You were 50% of that race. What do you remember about that year? And specifically, what do you remember about that last contest? Uh, the last contest, uh, <clears throat> were a, a make or break was in, uh, two of them really sticks out. One was, uh, down in, in, uh, Florida at Lakeland or, uh, one of the, one of those, which would have been late in the season, you know, uh, November or so. And that's where I tied Tim. Um, and I, I actually had a cook team cooking with me that that's still a good friend of mine, but they was cooking to try to learn. And he said, can I cook a contest with you? And he'd been to my classes and he'd, and all kinds of things. And I told him, sure. So I said, if you're going to, if you think I was lying about anything I said in my classes, it'll come out right here. <laughs> and, and by the grace of God, you know, we did time. I won the contest and I think Tim come in second and, uh, <clears throat> you know, it was just, uh, just, just unreal. And that's where I thought that we would be splitting it because, one of the higher ups in uh, in our barbecue world, I won't mention any names, said, "Yeah, that's what we do. We split it. We have two winners." <clears throat> and I guess she was maybe talking about something that had happened in '09, or maybe something even with uh, Mike uh, from Lot of Bull. And you know, there have been two or three really good chases throughout the years. But we did find out that there is such name as a second, and that was me. But uh, <clears throat> we tied him, and then it's like, you know, I, I fought to get in so many big competitions. This was back when, <clears throat> you know, you still had 50 teams or more, you know, got the, the bonus points. And before they tried to lower the bar and set that at 30, I think it, it was at 50 back then. So I, I tried every contest I could. Now, remember, we're in November, so we don't have but that November and December, and I need one point. And you've already got 10 grands, which means the only way that you can get a point is to get a higher grand to knock one of those off. Yeah. So I'll never forget, I made it over to uh, North Carolina over there. Uh, it snowed. It, it, was, it was just terrible weather. <clears throat> 
and it's a big contest, maybe a hundred teams. And I fought to get in. I begged them. I told them I don't need power. I don't need water. Uh, set me out a, a block away. I really don't care. Give me a chance, please. I need points. So I'm begging. And the the uh, reps, when it was all over, I got second place. And they come to me, and the lady, she hugged me, and she said, I'm so glad you got second place, and and you got what you wanted. I said, ma'am, I didn't get anything. <laughs> And she said, what? She didn't even really understand the point system. Uh And and I said, I had to win this contest to get one point. And uh, so anyway, it just kept on down to the very last. And that was in Georgia. And and Tim was there cooking it also. And, you know, when you're tied up like that, you're going to cook everywhere because I'm fighting for big contests. He has to fight for big contests, too. So the last two months, we was with one another every weekend. Uh, and that last one in Georgia, all he had to do was show up to win. And I had to win the contest to win team of the year. And I choked so bad. It was, you know, I, I guess I made rookie mistakes that I should have. I probably wouldn't have made the first time I ever fired up a smoker. But, you know, <laughs> that's pressure. Everybody come up. Are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, yeah, hell yeah, I'm gonna do it. And you know, I, no, I didn't do it. Yeah. And and you know, it's it's cool. You know, it it is what it is. You know, if anybody could do better, give it a whirl. But I, I'm gonna tell you, it's the best time of my life. I met the best people of my life, and I enjoyed that fierce competition more than anything that I ever have. And and I still take it that it's a highlight of my life. I lost, but but I also, you know. The sun don't shine up every dog's hind end, you know. And I had so many good times that year where me and Tim was was cooking and I would win. And, you know, it was sort of against, you know, Kentucky really isn't the barbecue capital of the world like the West is. So, you know, we got all of these people that are good friends now, but they're from Kansas. You know, you got Tim and you you mentioned Darren, who who I love to death. But, you know, they was – they was part of that team. They was the uh, they was on West, Sterling's yeah, team, West Coast offense. The elite. They was the elite team, and they would show up, and it's like knock Donnie out, knock Donnie out, you know. So, and Donnie <laughs> knocked them out several times, and and I have so many of those memories to where I walked away, and you feel, you know, it's like, man, I just I just took on the West, you know, and I'm the low Kentucky hillbilly, and I just did good. Maybe I used all of those up before that last contest. If I'd had a couple of them that I didn't have to brag on, maybe I could have. But, you know, it just wasn't meant to be. And But I think it made me a better cook because I I, I, I feel like in 2014, the, it was very pleasurable because I had a lot of success that was uh, brought to me by the the all the hard, wet, sweat and tears that i put into 13 so uh, it's all good you know it's uh it's it's memories that i you know it was something to watch every every week people get on to see you know who who won who who got a point who people probably that never thought about the point system learned more that year than Mm -hmm. they had in prior years and uh man I, i feel blessed to have a shot at it like that we're talking with Donnie Bray. Uh, Donnie, really appreciate the time here this evening, uh, playing catch up, reliving some of those great stories. I remember having you and, and Tim on a lot, 2013, 2014, because you guys were doing a lot of winning uh, over those handful of years. And uh, just great to be able to introduce you to a bunch of the new folks that might just be getting into competition. I'm a big believer in knowing what the history has been like so you have a full scope of where this thing's evolving into, and you're certainly a big part of that. And uh, we say congratulations, of course, for getting it into the 2022 Barbecue Central Show's Guest Hall of Fame. If you ever get back on that trail, uh, I'd love for you to come back on the show and start to recap some of those events so we can compare and contrast of you know what the second generation of Warren County Pork Choppers is like. But I thank you for your time and continued success in whatever you do. Oh, thank you so much. I'm very honored to be a part of of uh, the Hall of Fame. It's my only Hall of Fame and probably my only shot at anything, so you made my day. Thanks, Donnie. There he is, Donnie Bray right there. Again, the team name, Warren County Pork Choppers and 2013 
runner-up on Team of the Year and then turned it around in 2014 and got KCBS Team of the Year right there. So great stories, great anecdotes, great look back. Certainly appreciate that. And really one of the best cook When he was doing it, few were as good as Donnie Bray was. Uh, True Bud was in that time frame as well. Tim Grant was an incredible cook. His team was very dominant. So this was when I talk about the golden years of competition barbecue. These are some of those years. Donnie Bray years, Tim Grant, Darren has always been in the conversation. Rod Gray was in that conversation for a number of years. Sterling Ball and Big Papa Smokers was in it. Even being trapped out there in California, he was top three, top four one year, KCBS team of the year, all in that time frame. So great to catch up with Donnie on that end. And we continue to wish him congratulations on getting into the Guest Hall of Fame. All right, a little over here, but we'll do a little catch-up and uh, wrap this first hour. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back. We thank Donnie Bray once again from Warren County Pork Choppers, former KCBS Team of the Year and former KCBS Runner-Up Team of the Year, 2014-2013 respectively. And a great look back and a great catch-up. Now he's into cars. Always been into cars. So it was like cars, then barbecue. Started out in MBN. Transitioned into KCBS. Owned it. Got back into cars again. There you go. We may or may not see him on the competition scene in the future. Sounds like we might. Taking a class from Travis Clark. So we'll keep in touch with Donnie and see how it goes. We are pointing to the second hour. Refresh libations. We'll be right back. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. 